You've really got hey. that educational rap flow going on. Yeah. The way- <laughs> hey, this is not okay. Hey, Zax. Hi, Bob. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Bob. Hey, Zax. Hi, Aaron. Hey, guess what? We're going to be talking about Degrassi, and I hate the show. Oh, no. You really do. But here's... So last time, me and Aaron, we got together, we talked about Yale's non-binary journey, which I feel was the one time Degrassi exercised subtlety, a little bit of nuance. Um, Fun fact, that was one of the last arcs of the entire show before it was over. Now we're going to talk about one of the first issues that they tackle on the show. Um, how do you guys think Degrassi would go about feminism? Uh, what? How do you think Degrassi would go about tackling feminism? Why are you asking us? We just watched clips of them ruining the entire conversation. I know, but I guess I thought you guys would have something fun to say. Oh, sorry. Uh, I don't know how might they do it. They do it bad. Oh, oh no surprise there. Huh. <laughs> Zoinks, I had no idea. Even the mainstream discourse on feminism back then was terrible. I can't yeah. wait to see how Degrassi did it. Yeah, well, yeah. Th- this is, uh, you know, let me put my, let's let's put our cards okay. out on the table. You're a fan of Degrassi, right, Zach? Yeah, I think so. I... <laughs> It's so, hard. So this isn't just, uh, you know, uh, every, everybody in this call just hating on Degrassi, right? Like, that's not the point of this. No. We're We're here to talk about how they handled a particular issue, or rather, like, a, a set of related issues. My problem with Degrassi, just to lay my cards out on the table, is... And I, have, I haven't watched all of it. I haven't watched all the way back to the original series or whatever. You know, whatever. What, from what I've seen, it seems like they write the show... So that they can try to talk about issues that are, you know, currently in the zeitgeist. But instead of contributing to the conversation by giving us something to understand about the conversation that we wouldn't otherwise get, or instead of enlightening us on what the what they think the right answer to the questions are, instead they just replicate the dumbest arguments that are had about that topic. So when they're trying to to you know evoke uh, conversations about feminism or feminist issues, instead of having a conversation about a particular feminist issue and then proposing a solution to it, or um, you know explaining how that's not really a problem or whatever, instead they have the dumbest anti-feminist argument faced off against the dumbest feminist argument, and then the two of them just mash against each other without having a good, like, without having a good actual real debate that informs anyone of anything, and Mm. then they end up just choosing a winner. I don't, yeah, I mean... That's my problem with the show. Yeah, I think you're basically right about all of that. Uh, Just so that, you know, people listening know what we're talking about. So, to explain this better, we're going to follow Maya's journey to becoming a feminist. Because that's how Degrassi explores feminism. Which is weird. This is Degrassi The Next Class, which was the final reboot. I guess, of Degrassi. I don't know what you call night, it. The last series or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, the fact that it starts with Maya getting a gig at a club 
Do you think that that's where it was headed immediately? What do you mean? Oh, towards the feminist talk? Had I not told you guys we were going to be talking about feminism, just from where it starts, did you think that this was the journey we were taking? Yeah, no. It was a very strange uh, series of events that got us here. Like, it, it starts with them going to the club and the lead singer having problems with her parents, or her mother mm. specifically. And then from there, it somehow goes into a full feminist, like, anti-gamer. Well, it isn't the anti-gamer thing, yeah. thing immediately after this? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, so f- as yeah. soon as they have one feminist issue tackled, which isn't like, well, I won't even say that. They immediately pivot straight to straight into feminists versus gamers, which is such an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so it starts off, she gets her big gig and her mom says, no, you can't go. It's after 10 p.m., I believe on a school night. So, so it's clear what the 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 big gig is. Is she's going to her? She and her band are going to perform at a bar, and the bar mm. the the bar owner says, you know, the gig is at ten thirty. Um, I hope that's not too late. And she says, no, 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 it's fine. And then you know, when she gets home, her mom is like, no, you can't do it because it's too late. And you're and, underaged. And you're underaged. And she's Which- you know a high schooler. And, like, you know, I don't necessarily have a disagreement about that ruling from mom. You know, I'm not a parent. I don't know. Does does anybody have a strong disagreement with what mom's doing at this point? No, I'm on board with that. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you want your kid to be safe. And if you don't feel safe with that, then no. What? Well, we'll get into why, though, this doesn't make sense later, I guess. When we get to... But, so, one of the things that she says, Maya's like, I'm not some stupid little girl. And he, because she says, if I back out of this gig, the owner's going to think that I'm a stupid little girl. Yeah. And then mom says, stupid, no. Little girl, yes. Yeah. Then, she's like, well, whatever. I can do whatever I want. So, she goes to this gig. And... By the way, the the bar owner r- tells her to dress better so that she'll sell more drinks, and that is, I think, a really interesting part of this uh, this writing because, like, this is again a problem with the writing of the show. That is actually fairly accurate in the sense that uh, when you're a band performing at a bar, the whole point is n- it's not a gig. You're not you're not performing as a concert. You're performing as background music so people will drink more. Mm. Right. That's the only reason the live music is there. It's to attract people to come to the bar and then drink more. So right. the bar owner saying dress a certain way so that, you know, that they don't even really address it in the show. But yeah. his point is I'm the bar owner. I'm looking out for my bar. I'm paying you to to play music here. Not because I'm a, such a huge fan of your music, I don't mind your music, but not because I'm a huge fan of your music, but because I want patrons to buy more liquor. Mm. And right. the show doesn't really address that properly, because it seems like from beginning to end, Maya and her band seem to think that this is a real gig, and that the whole point is that people should be paying attention to their music, like their 
you know, Paul McCartney playing a concert, you know, at a stadium. Like, it's yeah. not the same. This is not, that's, and like, maybe one day your band will do that, but that's not what's happening in this event. Yeah. And the show never addresses that misconception and instead kind of leans into the misconception like she's right, even though she's not. Yeah, I guess, so let's lead it, so it's, she's at the gig, and everybody is just really jamming out. Yeah, for some reason, everybody in the show is really into the music. The owner of the bar's getting in it, they're yeah. all, all about it. But then a man gets a call, and he answers his phone while he's out for drinks with his friends. And Maya is not having this. Now, the two other members of the band are like, what are you doing? Which I think is fair. Yeah. And she goes up to this man and she says, hey, can you take your call to the back so people can enjoy the music? Which is, again, missing the point because that's not what live music is for. But also, even if, like, if the people at his table had been like, hey, I'm trying to listen to this man, take it outside. Then... You know, that's something like, okay, you can do whatever you want, but you're now ruining my evening. Right. The the thing is, she's disrupting her own music gig in order to disrupt his phone call. Like, no one's listening to music while you're shouting at this man. And then here's the thing where she definitely takes it too far. She He's like, I can talk to whoever I want. Which is an absurd thing. Every line of dialogue in this show is bad. And she takes his phone and dumps it in his beer. Which, like, she needed to pay for that phone, right? I would expect so, yeah. They There are no That's consequences That's destruction for of this. property. And he was wearing no, a... Um, he was wearing a suit, too. So he could have had, like, valuable information on that phone... Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're, they're mean, trying to make him look like a business guy. Yeah. They're trying to make him look like he's really nicely dressed and his phone looks nice and whatever, and she just dunks it in some beer. Oh, yeah. also, before the performance, this guy mansplained them, I guess, is what they were going for, we decided. Yeah. Again, uh, the show wants to demonstrate a real-life issue, but instead of saying something useful about it, instead it just shows us the dumbest example of it, you know. Because here's the thing, and it's weird too, because usually it's just it's just interesting how Degrassi chooses to go about things. So here's what happens, and then I'll talk about how other things have done it differently. And I'm not even saying that this is uh, perfect or whatever, but here's what happens. So Maya's going to set up the chords or whatever, and this guy who just finished his set is like, oh, hey, you're going to want to do this instead of that or whatever. And she's like, I got this. And then there's immediately a bunch of feedback. It sounds awful. And so then he goes, and then uh, the other bandmate, Grace, is like, hey, she just made a mistake, man. And he was like, look, I was just trying to help her out. And he leaves. Was he being condescending? Yes, but apparently he was right because he said, oh, you know, like, you, just, I had these before. You just don't want this to go mix with this. Like, I don't know sound stuff. I don't know what he meant about any of this. Yeah, but I mean, seemed- generally speaking, I always try to give advice like that when I've got a setup and I'm about to leave and someone else is about to take over my setup. I always want to give some parting advice of, like, in this particular situation, here's how this setup 
works best for me. Yeah. You know, so like if I was working a cash register and then I'm stepping away because a new cat, you know, a new cashier is going to take over at that register, I'll say, hey, the five key is sticking right now. You know, yeah. just because I've just observed that and I would have liked to know that when I started my shift. Yeah. You but know. then, you know, and it, and this is something that happens a lot. Like, this is the point of mansplaining. The point is supposed to be that, like, she knows what she's doing, but he assumed just because she's a woman, she doesn't know. But, like, she didn't know. And there's also no indication that he explained it to her because he thought she was incapable because she's a woman. Like, yeah, but, I, mean, I mean, like, the thing is, like... They imply it, sort of, because he calls her Blondie and he calls the other Bambi Goth princess. Yeah. They, but, like, at the same time, he doesn't know their names. So, and, like, he doesn't... He's rude. Mm. Yeah, he, as I he's walking think, away, he's like, I was just trying to help out Blondie. Which yeah. is, like, that is rude. And that does yeah. sort of imply... there is There are, you know, sexist undertones. And if he had said, oh, I just assumed that you didn't know because you are a woman, that would be below the writing standard even of this utterly right. terrible show you know so yeah. like i i understand you know it's it's easy to say um um that you know it didn't it wasn't a clear case of you know mansplaining but i mean the problem is that i i, I don't think it's the problem with the mansplaining was that you know he was explaining it in a way that wasn't sexist it was that what he was explaining made perfect sense, and she was screwing it up too. Mm. Yeah, because like, she was incompetent, was... not because she's a woman, but because she was incompetent. Yeah, yeah, because most of these things, though, when it is like that, the guy will say, "Look here, little lady, you're gonna want to stick this over here," and then she'll go boom, 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 and like do this elaborate thing, like I didn't need a help from no man. Yeah, that's normally what happens. Mm. And in which case, then, yeah, you were trying to mansplain, I guess, because I didn't need you. But in this case, because he's correct, you're automatically already like, what are you on about? But then right after this, she starts going off on this businessman trying to enjoy drinks at a bar or whatever. Maybe. And like, I don't know. It didn't sound particularly important what he was talking about, but I don't know. I don't really remember the. It wasn't business, but it seemed like he yeah, was invested was in the conversation. About. And also, we briefly mentioned it, but I do want, like, you said this, it was a destruction of property, and, like, that was a fancy phone. I think anything over $500 is a felony. So, I don't know what the rules are, but, yeah, that sounds well, at least that's reasonable, at least. At least, I know that from California, so okay. I don't know in Canada. But apparently there are no consequences. Like, yeah. they continue the set somehow. The rest of the audience is just back on board with them. Yeah. Like, ugh, that's weird. I mean, I don't even not being that guy, I probably would have complained to the bar owner at that point. Like, hey, look, when I come to your bar, I appreciate, you know, your your band is doing live music or whatever and they want to be heard and i get that but that doesn't warrant them destroying property and i wouldn't come to this bar if there was a risk that my stuff was going to get destroyed yeah that's like like i just won't come here i won't come like i don't i don't frequent establishments that might destroy my things Mm. yeah you know so that's why I don't drive to, I don't know, demolition derbies and just, like, hang out in the middle. Because, like, <laughs> I want my car to not be destroyed. 
Yeah, no, I... But we're we're so, okay. So we're stuck on this music thing. Let's move on a little bit because there's there's a whole arc to this because she writes this song and it has well, yeah, a lot okay, of lyrics so, to it that are very on the nose feminist yeah. talking points. And that's well, it's not clever, but it's fine. You know, whatever you can you can write your song or whatever and and play it in your show. Okay, so here's so after this uh, thing is a bust. She starts, um... She goes home, right? Well, yeah, she goes home. The next time we see her, she is destroying her room, and her mom charges in and is like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm decluttering. Good, because you're not going to be leaving your room for a while. I know that you went to that thing, even though I told you not to. You're grounded. And she's like, that's fine, because I'm not playing music ever again anyway. And then she does the Disney princess move of flinging herself onto her bed. Yeah. And her mom immediately changes and is like, whoa, 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 what happened? There's a cool game Which I, thing last I, night. I just absolutely detest when parents in shows do this. And sometimes parents in real life do this too, but most of the time it's just in shows where, you know, you came charging in here angry that your daughter was doing X, Y, or Z. And then the moment she just starts sobbing on the bed, you try to play like, you were being cool all along and you were being nice. Well, I'm sorry. When you stormed in here and you saw her already distressed, pump the brakes. You don't need to go on your angry rant if you see she's already distressed before you've even said anything. So, like, pretending like you've always been this cool, comforting mom doesn't really work when moments ago you weren't. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, the the resolution is, well, you're still grounded, but nobody disrespects my little girl like that. We got to show them that this is not okay. And so then her mom goes to the gig, but like... And the girl's allowed to go to the gig again, question mark. Yeah, well, they say not everyone... And they also say not everyone gets a second chance, and we're, like, lucky on that front. But I don't know how you got that second chance. You destroyed a phone. You didn't mention that part to your mom. Yeah, I don't know how you got a second chance. Either you or the bar owner have to pay for it. Um, but then, but if mom was able to go, why didn't mom go last time? If mom's presence makes this late night gig okay, yeah, I don't right? Know. Very, yeah. Hmm. So she makes a song, and it's called Not Okay. And I got the lyrics up here. I'm just going to okay. read some yeah, lines. Let's hear it. Okay, so don't call me babe when you know my name. You're not the hunter. I'm not your game. Mm. This is it. You got to know when to quit, and you better get used to it. You address me with your eyes. You're not the winner. I'm not your prize. This is it. You don't know when to split, and I'm getting kind of sick of your sh. Yeah, your S word. Don't. But like in the Jurassic, she sh- yeah, she, she does the shish thing too, sh- and then looks away from the microphone. Yeah, don't try to touch me. Don't try to ruin me. Then say that you want me. Hey, this is not okay. Hey, hey, I said no way. You say I've got to chill. Well, that's not cool. Just take it for yourself. I'm no fool. You've really got hey. the educational rap flow going on. Yeah. The way- <laughs> hey, this is not okay. Hey, hey, 
I said, no way. You say I've got to chill. Well, guess what? Just take care of yourself because you're messed up. Really um, clever lyrics. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nothing about the song is inherently terrible in terms of the message it's sending. It's all like like stuff that you would think should be common sense but isn't. But yeah. it's it's also like very obvious where they're going at this point. It's um, yeah. like music has been used for like um I wouldn't say subversive, but sometimes subversive political uh coding and messaging. Um for basically forever. Since since music has been a thing. And right. Um, so there's a, there's a long tradition of this kind of thing behind this. It's just not done very well. And it's, and with the way that it's leading on from here, it's very clear where they're going. But mm-hmm. at the start of the arc, it's completely unclear and it just is a total mess in how it's put together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's the end of this episode. So then the next episode, uh... Maya and Grace are practicing there, or they're in the room. I guess they're talking. I don't know what they're doing in this room because the third member of their band isn't there, but they are working on band stuff, I think. Yeah, and I guess the school has given them permission to use this room, which I don't know. There were lots of bands at my high school, and the school never gave any of those bands that, you know, any kind of space to work not because the school was like anti kids having bands but because like if i gotta give it to you then i gotta give it to everyone yeah it's totally unassociated with the school like you're entirely you're totally allowed to have your hobbies but as it stands these hobbies are totally disconnected from the school so like if, if you're gonna try to rent a room or whatever reserve a room it better have something to do with the school you know, one thing that happened at my high school that I don't really know why this happened, how this came to be, or what the purpose was, but, like, every Friday, a band performed at lunch. Really? No, I mean, obviously it's not like we had, like, Ariana Grande or people, but it was, like, a band. I remember one, uh, in my drama class, uh, my friend's brother's band played. And then there was this one where it was these two girls, and they, I remember listening to their song, and I was like, that was catchy, and they had little, like, uh, little flyers, and I had one hanging on my clipboard for a while, never listened to anything else they put out, but yeah, they just would always come to my school on Fridays, and that was it. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. This is, you know, every time I do a video with Roach, she talks about how involved she was with her school stuff, and I, then I think about things like this that happen that I just am so out of the loop on. I'm sure there maybe student council did that or something because like they weren't students performing; they were just people who came to the school to perform on the quad at lunch. That's super weird. I don't know why we did that. That is super duper weird. Anyways, uh, oh, my... so so okay. Maya <laughs> yeah, and her friend are, um, or Maya and her bandmate Grace are are 
doing something, and they're like, hey, we got the room because some other people are walking in. And it turns out it's the feminist club. And mm-hmm. the feminist club is like, hey, we've got this thing that we want to do, and we heard your song, and we thought that's a perfect anthem for feminism. And, like, you heard the lyrics. Of course they thought that. That's what the song <laughs> was written for by the writers right. of the show. Um and she goes, it's not an anthem, it's just some song. It's like, no, it's great. Um, here's the thing we want to do. We want to convert one of the boys' bathrooms into one of the girls' bathrooms. Okay. Yeah. So she goes and she tells Zig, her boyfriend, and his they're all friends, his friend Tiny, that she got this gig. And they're immediately repulsed that it's the feminist club. Tiny even says, oh, you mean feminist? right (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're all (laughs) anti-men and like that's what maya believes as well she instantly believes them yeah well she she even said earlier when they first got the grace was like this is cool we got a gig and she says "Mm, but it's the feminist club and she's like what do you mean what's wrong with feminists and she's like they get mad over everything so she's already got a bias and this is I think, and I want to talk, here's, and I want to really talk about why it's very important that we do discuss Zig's feelings on this. His stakes in this bathroom is he and Tiny like this solitary boys' bathroom where they can go number two. That's pretty much and it. So, Miami, when, when, when Zax told me about this episode before I'd seen any of it, I thought my first instinct is like, okay, so the premise is that maybe there's an unequal number of bathrooms, and then pretty quickly the episode makes it clear that no, there are five boys' bathrooms and five girls' bathrooms. They say like, you know, five and five, that's equal. So equal should mean equal. And on face value, I get why he feels that way. And I was like, okay, that's a little bit weird. I don't really get that. And then they say, well, it's because... Girls' bathrooms, there's always girls who are waiting in line at to go to the bathroom, and so we should have more bathrooms. And mm. they never really clearly state why that's the case. And only in discussion with Zax did it become clear to me why that might be the case. But the show never clarifies yeah. Like, at all. The real reason for that. Yeah, it just and expects like, you to know. It just expects us to know. And even then, it's not necessarily obvious. So, like, when we're talking about it, like, we were talking about this while watching the episode. In my high school experience, I have no idea whether girls had to wait in line to use the bathrooms. We also had a lot of bathrooms in my school. But, like, I have no idea. I genuinely don't know if girls had to wait in line because I'm a guy. I never thought about it and it never crossed my mind and I'm out of high school. I've been out of high school for a long time. So maybe they did. Um, but assuming they did, it seems perfectly reasonable to me that the reason that might happen is the following. When I go into a guy's restroom, most of the time, like in a high school, There's going to be three to five stalls, and there's going to be, like, three or four urinals. And that means there are nine locations for guys to take care of their business. Because, you know, some guys are, you know, sometimes you're not going to need to just do a number one. Sometimes you're going to need to do a number two. Stalls, urinals, you're good. 
in girls' bathrooms of the same size, you can have less facilities. Mm. You, you might have... You don't need urinals, but a urinal takes up much less space. So right. you might only be able to fit six or maybe seven stalls in there. So there are less facilities for girls. And it takes longer for them to do their business. Right? And on top of... Uh, on top of that, uh, women's urethral tracts are also shorter, and so it's harder to hold in pee for longer right. periods of time. And if you do, you're more likely to get a UTI. Right. So, like, there's a number of issues that 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 make it make sense to me that you might want to say four guys' bathrooms and six girls' bathrooms. And this is entirely apart from the fact that I don't understand how they designed a school such that there is one guy's bathroom far away from all the other bathrooms, including all the girls' bathrooms. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I've never been to a place where the guys' bathroom is that far away from the women's bathroom. Yeah... Because, like, okay, so then, like, we're talking about, she goes to talk to Goldie, and she says, sorry, feminist club, I don't feel comfortable performing at this because I don't feel I'm a feminist. Which is also an interesting thing, too, because I think lots of people, because of how kind of any political stance gets, like, twisted and corrupted or whatever, would hesitate to call themselves a feminist. I think um, it's it recently, like, like especially around the time the show came out, and even now the optics. Aaron and I have talked about this before in private. How the optics of being called a feminist or using the word feminist, the optics are terrible. Yeah, just uh, so, horrible. Feminists so that- are portrayed so poorly, and part of it is it's not just the portrayal of feminists. It's that a lot of discussion from the perspective of, like, feminist issues, a lot of them just get shouted out there as slogans rather than explained as concepts. Right. You know? And so, like, you know, you say you say something like, uh, I don't want to use a particular slogan, but they'll throw a slogan out there, and it'll be like a three- to five-word slogan that just summarizes the end point of a social justice issue instead of explaining how we got there, all the philosophical baggage that got us there. Mm. And instead of convincing the other person, it just sounds like you're screaming a slogan in their face. And if they don't instantly agree with you because they don't know how you got to this conclusion, you know, they come, they, it comes across as extremely aggressive and it comes across, you know, then they take from that, oh, you're, uh, you know, they, they like to say, you know, they'll say things like, oh, you're an apologist for this thing or you're a, a misogynist. And just calling your opponent a misogynist, they might be doing misogyny, but calling them that instantly makes them your enemy. Insulting them right. instantly puts, makes it okay. a them against you. And then yeah. you're not you're not having a conversation anymore. Yeah. Okay, but hold that thought because I want to talk about that a bit more in a second. Okay. So then she like we discussed, she goes to Goldie, says, I'm not interested in being in the feminist club and then Goldie yeah. says, Can I ask why? And she's like, Well, I just you know, I don't think I am. You know, you guys like don't like men and stuff. And then Goldie says, Haha, yeah, we're all a bunch of man haters here, right, ladies? And then these extras awkwardly chuckle. And then They really um, do awkwardly chuckle. Yeah. <laughs> then 
Um, I can't believe I got drafted into this show. (laughs) So then she says, you know, like, then she asks a few, like, leading questions. So, like, do you think that women deserve the same education as men? And then, well, she you starts know, like, with, do you think women deserve equal pay as men, which has nothing to do with the bathroom issue at all. Yeah. So. And then, you do know, you, she goes do you think women questions. should, yeah. And then, you know, we talked about, like, the reasons why it would help a woman's education, potentially, if they're always waiting in lines and stuff, whereas boys are not. They don't talk about these reasons. She not just says, one of the reasons that I have... listed. Yeah, not one of them were the reasons that the show gave. Just girls need to wait in line, and that gets in the way because you're late to class, so you don't get a good an education. So we need another bathroom. And my and you also oh, I was going to say uh, they also say that they get sent to detention because Mm. of the bathroom. Mm. Which yeah, and like, but here's the thing: the bathroom that they're fighting for apparently is on the far ends of the earth. Right. So how that super far away? No one uses the bathroom. You know, they specifically say no one uses the bathroom, except some guys use it so that they can get a little bit of privacy when they're going number two. And I don't know how much of a victory that is, because if you have to add travel time to using the bathroom, then... And I feel like that might That might even cancel out any benefits you had. Especially because now if there's this new bathroom, a lot of people are going to think that they had the bright idea to go to the long one, and now there's distance and a line. Mm. Yeah. Like, this entire premise doesn't make sense, and they have not made the argument correctly. Yeah, here's... Because here's my suggestion to the problem. Let's make all the bathrooms gender neutral. Period. You see a bathroom close to you? Go use it. See, like, that's an that's interesting... That's equal being equal. Now we all have ten bathrooms. And see, like, that's an interesting idea, but you're going to have to do a lot more convincing on that. I'm not, I'm not, nece- I, like, I'm persuaded, but at the same time, I'm not everyone. Like, yeah. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not feminist club, but I'm just saying, I don't, I think that seems like, like a better solution. Like, if we're looking for pure equality, I'm, you know... I'm, not even I'm not even really going like at a total like egalitarian stance on this. I'm just saying like the point is you don't want to get detention because you have to wait in line, but you're creating another pro I don't think you've helped that problem. Right. At all. But yeah. if you wanna help the problem of no detention, it seems like you need to figure out a way to work towards my solution. I don't know what that is, how you're going to get everyone on I mean, board with I think, that. Yeah, I'm just... Your solution is something that if society on the whole ab- adopted, you know, that's a very grand scale thing. Because you can't just, if you just have one school where this is the case, well, you know, this problem applies in all these other schools as well, you know, yeah. and it also applies in non-school spaces, airports and you know, libraries and public spaces. And then the question becomes, you know, there are people who already don't feel comfortable allowing trans women to use women's bathrooms and that, and, and trans men to use men's bathrooms. So, like, now you're saying it's not just trans people who already get the brunt of the, the you know, maybe maybe it's better, in fact, actually. Maybe it would be better for... It to not be a trans issue and instead just be a everyone can use, 
you know, any bathroom, not because this bathroom is for men and this bathroom is for women and you identify as a man or a woman, but because all the bathrooms are genderless. May I, um, yeah. may I jump in here for a second? Yeah, by all means. Yeah. The issue with that, uh, speaking from the uh, trans perspective, the whole gendered bathrooms issue for trans people isn't even an issue because we're trans. Like, it is an issue in that, um, you know, we're not what people, uh, by consensus, think should be using that bathroom. Mm-hmm. The issue isn't that we're trans, though. The issue is that society views men as a whole as predatory. And so, regardless of if you're coming at this point from the trans perspective, like, oh, trans women should be able to use a women's bathroom, which they already do and you don't notice because they fit in most of the time. Yeah. Uh, the, the issue is that people are scared of men being around women and mm-hmm. women are scared of being around men. That's like, that's really it. At bottom, and so, yeah. yeah. And so you could try and do this as a societal thing and try and remove the concept of gendered bathrooms entirely, except for maybe like in certain kinds of safe spaces where Maybe somebody is a victim of abuse and has trauma about that, about that sex or, you know, cause that kind of thing happens. You could, you could move entirely towards a, util- uh, a utilitarian, neutral bathroom situation and people would lose their minds because mm. they, they presume it's an affront to their or women's safety. And, and I, like, I will just say, like, totally see all of that um i was just trying to stop detention in this one school <laughs> but i don't it, it's weird to me and like i don't know if it's just because like i'm a little younger than people who like have started like i don't know the issue i just and i've never cared about the bathroom like, at all. It's so mind-boggling. To, like, it's... I just... I'll never understand this bathroom issue because I really don't think it matters at all. May I interject again? And, like, I get, like... Uh, I was going to interject really quickly and say, I used to think the same thing about bathrooms. I used to think it wasn't that big of an issue. And then I started taking spirulactone, which is a testosterone suppressant. Mm. Uh, and the way that it works is... Every time you go to the bathroom, uh, when you pee, you pee out more testosterone than usual. Oh. And so, after starting to take spirulactone, I was using the bathroom 12, 13 times a day. Oh. Uh, and so, when people say that this is, like, a non-issue or that they don't understand the problem, that's just one medication. And it's a very common medication for trans women. Mm-hmm. Um... And so that's why it's a big issue for trans people, but it's also an issue for people with medical, um, like, bladder issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, pregnant women, I believe, also have bladder issues a mm. lot, so on and so forth. It's a lot bigger of an issue than people like to think about it as. And then other people make it out to be more of an issue than it actually is in a different way. It's very strange. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, no, I totally agree. I guess, yeah, I just to clarify in case I think you 
all in this recording get what I'm saying but just to clarify I just don't see why people care who uses the bathroom I think if you right. need to go and there's a toilet you should be allowed to use it wherever you are yeah I mean and then- I mean the thing is like we're we're also to you know talking broadly about um, right why people think the things they do, and I think most people don't know the reasons they think that they think the things they do. I and this right. is, maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that, but like I think for most opinions that most people have, including this opinion that I've got right now, I couldn't clearly clearly state the reasons I think the things I do. You know, right. if I knew how I knew half the things I knew, I would only know half as much stuff because the rest of my brain would be full of the reasons I knew the things that I know. Mm. So trying to undo that stuff and change their minds about those things isn't as clear as just saying, well, I don't see what the point, you know, like, I, I know you're not trying to convince people to change their minds that that hard, but like, you know when you're having a serious discussion about um, a political issue, it's hard to convince another person from where they should be. You need to convince them from where they are. And where they are can be very hard to pinpoint. Yeah. Right. You know. Another another issue with that is on, um, on issues like this, a lot of the time you're fighting the nebulous idea of the obvious. Mm. Um, yeah. It, it's something that is intuitive to people, but the intuitive answer isn't necessarily the correct one. Like the, I think I saw somebody make the case that the intuitive answer, or like the most simple answer for racial inequality, is that people are just dumber depending on their race, which isn't true. That right. it's a lot more complicated than that. So right. the simple, obvious answer isn't always the correct one. Right. Okay. Well, let's get back to yeah. So Maya's feminist. So Maya's Maya's. You know, Goldie says, do you believe that men and women should be paid equally? Maya says, yes, of course. And then she says, well, do you think that men and women should have equal educational... Um, um, access to education. Uh, a, a equal access to education. And again, she says, yeah, of course. And she says, well, this bathroom thing, you know, girls go to, you know, get the class late. They get detention because of it. And as a result, women have... Um, you know, women have, uh, you know, a, an unequal opportunity, educational opportunity can win compared to men. And mm-hmm. that's a good argument when when you frame it with the evidence of why women end up late to class. Mm-hmm. But it's not a good argument if you don't. It's not a good argument if your, fra- if your framing is just women are late to class because bathroom. That's not a good argument. And that's my big problem with the show. They always just, they just, like, throw out, you know, like, the most, like, the loosest, most unrealized arguments from both sides. Because then she goes to talk to, who does she talk to at that point? I mean, she's basically won over, right? Mm. Yeah, we don't... She doesn't talk to anybody again after this. The next thing we just see, she's at the protest because Zig's going... He's trying to use the secret bathroom and Goldie... The protest is going on and Goldie says, until further notice, this bathroom is out of order. And Zig says, 
what? Come on, Maya. Let, let her let me use the bathroom. And then Maya's wearing a feminist shirt. And he's like, oh no, you too? And this is, and I have a lot to say about this scene. And my, this is my biggest issue with the episode, I think. So Maya just says, look, it's girls' turn now. You're just going to have to get used to it. Not and then he's like, oh, man. And then she starts performing and he storms off and he leaves. Then after this, they they got their bathroom, I guess, somehow. Uh, still urinals in the bathroom. We're not going to. Talk they don't even that, address whether or not don't the even, urinals get changed yeah, nothing over for anything. But then um, Goldie says, um, what? You're still like going to do this or you're going to make your boyfriend more mad? And then Maya says something like, oh, he'll get over it basically. But here's my issue. I think, you know, you already showed in this narrative, right? Feminists are good. Correct? Like, that's, that's what the, Degrassi wants us to believe, yeah, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay, so you already showed that Zig and Tiny have bad man views, saying feminazi and, like, equal should be equal and all these misgivings. But, hey, Maya, that's your boyfriend. Why don't you tell him why you've been swayed on the feminist front and not just let him go on believing that why don't we try to help him grow then we can see how he handles the issue from there but she doesn't even give him a chance to grow it's just like oh mm. he's mad he can't go number two right that's fine he's just because now he just thinks that for he's under the impression which is a common i think misconception he thinks that like these feminists are out to get him and all of man man right kind. he thought that but, women they were man haters and yeah. that his girlfriend was on with was with him, and then, you know, she goes and talks to the feminist, and when she comes back, she's a feminist. And instead of then saying, "No, see, here's what you got wrong about that," they actually think, "Blah." Instead, he just goes, "Oh my God, you're a feminist now," and she says, "Bye, Felicia, get out of here." And it's like, "What yeah. are you doing?" And, and that's the biggest. Oh, yes. Oh, I wanted to say, he explicitly, I think it was him, explicitly earlier in the show says, uh, they want what's best for women at the expense of men. Which, yeah. right. and then the the way the bathroom issue is, is phrased and the way he, she says, you know, it's it's your turn to, to suffer now. Just yeah, plays yeah. into that he's, dynamic. Yeah, he's, I think something, he, he says something like, wait, so then there's going to be, you know, now I'm going to have to wait. Oh no, he says he says, "Hey, can you please tell them that I need to use this bathroom?" You know, and she says, "Sorry, this bathroom's closed down. It's time for you to wait or whatever." Yeah. And it's like it's our turn that, now. That feeds directly into his narrative that Yeah. that this is feminists trying to boost women at the expense of men, which I think most feminists would say is an un unhelpful narrative to continue to spread. Hmm. Yeah. And, like, and I think this plays into part of what's wrong with, like, all of Degrassi's issues as a whole. Um, this Because it's so important, I think, to this narrative. Like, if you want to talk about feminism, let's talk about feminism. There are male feminists. Yeah. There you know, you don't have to be a woman to be one. And the fact that they have this perfect opportunity to have a nuanced discussion about it. If you talk to Zig, any other things I think 
that are wrong with this weird arc are fixed. I think a lot of problems will be solved if she talked to Zig about it. If Goldie talked to Zig about it, like, look, I know you think I converted your girlfriend into this weird cult, but can I just, can we talk for a second? Because I think you have some misconceptions about what I'm trying to do here, and I just think it'd be cool if we talked. And yeah. he'd be like, and I mean, like, all right. A nuanced conversation doesn't need to be a long conversation. It just needs to be accurate. You know, right. and the accurate part doesn't even need to be accurate to all feminists everywhere outside of the show. It just needs to be accurate to the context of the show. And all she would need to say is like, look, Zig, here's what's going on. There's some things that you've heard about feminists, and maybe that's true for the rest of them. But let me tell you what these girls are up to. These girls are not doing what you think they're doing. They're not trying to get revenge on men. They're not anti-men. They like men. We all like men. I like you. But what 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 their goal is, is this. And then she accurately explains the goal. And then he goes, oh, I guess, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. And then that's the end of it. Yeah, because the, the fact that, like, and this is another thing that, you know, Degrassi loves to do where things like this happen and we're just not going to talk about it again. Mm. Um. From this point on in the show, Maya is a member of Feminist Club. At one point, and I... Hold on, real quick. I I just want to say, before we go too much further, this is exactly what I was talking about at the very beginning as my problem with the show. They're not showing us a solution to a problem. No. They're not taking a side on an issue. They're also... I mean, they are taking a side, but they're not advocating for that side they are just having that side win you know so there's an argument between feminists and anti-feminists and instead of showing the best arguments of one and the best arguments of the other and showing why the best arguments from one side beat the best arguments of the other side instead we see the worst arguments of one and the worst arguments of the other side and they just pick a victor Mm. and and instead of showing Maya convincing Zig, hey, you should be a feminist too, because these are the views that we're espousing. These are the ideas that we're trying to push forward. Here's how your misconceptions are misconceptions, etc., etc. They explore that not at all. And that might be accurate to the way sometimes people work, because sometimes... You know, I might change my mind about something and not express it properly to my significant other, and the conversation kind of drifts apart and we break apart or whatever. You know, know, like, things like that happen in the real world. That doesn't mean it has to happen like that in the show. You make the show. It's not biographical. Just make it something useful. And I think my problem, too, though, is, like, in this, you know, like you said, it's a show. They don't have to do it this sort of way. But also, it could, and it doesn't even have to be, like, Zeke doesn't have to be on your side at the end of the explanation. Right. But we don't even give him a chance to prove it or not. Because if, like I said, it doesn't have to be Maya. It could be Goldie. It could be Grace. It could be literally anybody. But someone just needs to sit down with Zig and be like, look, I know you think that you going to the bathroom is all that matters in this world right now. No, 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 no. But listen. No, that's the way the show would phrase it. That's the way the show would phrase it because they're making the worst argument. But I guess what I'm what I'm saying, I feel like it needs to be Zig. Okay, fine. If it's I, Zig, that's that's fine. But my point is, the argument they they make can't start from 
I know you think that you going to the bathroom is the most important thing in the world because that misrepresents his position but like, in the worst possible way. Okay, but like real talk though, like we watched the episode, that is his issue. All he cares about is goalie number two in this and private bathroom. And that doesn't help the conversation move forward. This is exactly what I'm talking about. The show <laughs> is holding up a mirror to, to reality and saying, this is what reality looks like. And I'm saying, I don't need a show to show me what reality looks like. I can look around. I know what reality looks like. What I want the show to do is show me what reality should be or mm. could be. So the best thing would be if we all tried to make more reasoned arguments, if we tried to explain ourselves instead of just letting Zig walk away angrily and not attempting to explain our new perspective to him. And if okay. his point of view is something stupid, then don't attack him for being stupid. Instead, re-educate him. Teach him how to not be stupid. Yeah. Because what happens in real life is somebody like Zig says, you know, well, I just like the, the convenience of having a bathroom that's kind of private. And the people on the left who are on paper correct still just attack the person for being stupid. And that's what kept me from shifting to their side for a long time. Because I didn't get their argument. And instead of making their argument, instead they attacked me for not agreeing with them already. That's not helpful. Yeah. That's I, not um, a useful avenue of discussion. Even if it's accurate. Even if you're, you know, you want to call me a misogynist, maybe what I was doing was misogyny. And that's not okay, but calling me a misogynist doesn't help get your point across. It just makes me angry. So if she approached Zig and said, I know you think going to the bathroom in privacy is all that's important, he's immediately going to be turned off. He's not going to be convinced. He's not, there's not even a chance he's going to be convinced. And it'll be accurate to the way discussions happen. But I don't need the show to be accurate to the way discussions happen in the real world. Because those are unhelpful discussions anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such a bad show. And it's not even just this issue. If it was one issue, it'd be like, I hate this episode. But every time I've ever seen an episode of Degrassi, any issue they try to cover, they always do this. They always right. misrepresent side A, misrepresent side B, have no fruitful discussion, and then choose a winner. So, this episode ends with Maya hot to trot on the feminist thing. And she's like, where do we go from here? I'm ready to... Take them all down. Yeah. Which, you know, <laughs> okay. She has gone like, from, aren't all feminists man-haters, to let's do it. I don't care what your next target is. I'm in. And so then Goldie turns a tablet towards her and shows a video game. <gasps> and it's the video game club in their own school. <gasps> And it's half-naked women getting mercilessly beaten by male characters. Which, spoiler alert, hey! is it's just a it's 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 a stand-in for League of Legends. Which, if you've ever so, seen look. or played League of Legends, or even their version of League of Legends that's on the show, or uh, yeah, in the show, it's half-naked men beating up half-naked women, and half-naked women beating up half-naked men equally. So, 
Join us next time when we talk about Degrassi's awful take on video gamers. Okay, well, I had fun talking with you both about Degrassi and feminism. And thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, and donate to my, uh, to my GoFundMe if you are willing to help out or share it around. It would be a big help to me. Yeah, link in the, the, link in the description. Yes, please check that out. And remember to comment, like, and subscribe because we all need friends. Okay, bye.